For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everyone. Just wanted to let you know that uh, the first 20 or so minutes of the show, there's a couple spots where you will hear some static or hear a voice drop out. Uh, we just had a couple small technical issues at the beginning of the recording. We got it all set uh, after a little bit, but it is a fantastic conversation with Mike Eccles, and we think you're really going to enjoy it. So uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Believe in Badger Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. Once again, I'm Matt Perkins, joined as always by Badger Legend, the Hebrew Hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Bernie, how are we doing today? Man, every day on the podcast is a holiday, and now we have one of my favorite, maybe Mr. Swag himself. Uh, that's how I knew Mr. Mike Eccles walking around the locker room. Living your best life. Yeah, thanks for being here, Mike. This is a super pleasure to have you. Hey, man, it's awesome, man. I, I just, uh, I really like watching you guys, man. I'm just like, man, I need to hit the hammer up, man. I need to get on here, man. Hang out with these guys for a little bit. Listen, you don't get it. When you when I get a text from Mike Eccles that shows up on my screen, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see what this says. You know, like, it, and, and it's so funny because we only really overlap for like six months. Uh, in my career and then in, in your career at the end. And literally we were on different sides of the ball. We're from different complete places, but we always mention, and everybody says like that brotherhood is so different. And those six months, dude, we're still friends in 2023 now. And I, that's, that stuff is wild to me. Man, you know, that was constant brotherhood, man. It, it doesn't matter what year you were there. It doesn't matter what side of the ball. Hey, still in love with my kickers. It, it doesn't matter, right? We're, we're just all in it together. So, uh, you know, I, you, you've been a great guy, uh, Bernie, and I, I just love following your career after I, I left and, you know, all the jokes we had when I was there as, as the, the leader and so forth. And, man, you, you took it and ran with it after that. I, I love being in the locker room and just talking a lot of smack. So I look at the hammer now. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Mike, I appreciate that. But I learned it from you. I learned all that swag, like all that, you know, you talked and you backed it up. You actually, now that I think about it, like we spent a lot of time in practice because I was always on the scout team. Yeah. You were always starting defense. So it's like every time I was out there, I was like, oh, look, there's Mike all day long. Uh <laughs> I don't I don't even think I went with the the actual with Coach White and the running backs for that whole entire year. I was scout team, just dude. Hey, man, that's how you get better, man. Coming over there, getting beat up a little bit. 
<laughs> well, there were some dudes on that defense who were yeah. not very happy sometimes if you caught a pass or you ran through the line or you hit them too hard. Uh, there are some dudes on that defense. But well, uh, Mike, I'm the, looking forward oh. to hearing some of those stories about <laughs> oh. those guys as well. But before we get into that, I want to remind you guys that we are presented by betonline.ag, where they remain your number one source for all of your online sports wagering needs. You name it, they've got it over at betonline.ag. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V over at betonline.ag, betonline where the game starts. We've already started here with Mike Eccles. Okay, so one of the things about you that's legendary is your trash talk game. First of all, how did that develop? Have has have you been have you been swaggy Mike Eccles since you were since you were came out of the womb? And B, who was the best trash talker who could bring it back at you? Oh wow. You know what? Yeah, I've always talked a little smack, man. I, since high school, man, I got some buddies, man, that we uh, we still get together. We might get on the video game, and, and you know, as a competitor and an athlete, man, you you got to be able to talk a little smack. And uh, you know, y'all talk about me, but you know, with Fletch, Fletch was uh, he was good at it. He was he was good at it. We used to we used to call opponents on the phone before we played them. You know, back then we we only had emails, so we would just email them out, you know, to like Plexico Burris and, and talk some trash. Or at the Rose Bowl, we find out what hotel they were staying in and and dial the room and talk mess the whole night before the game. Like we, we just we just love trying to get into somebody's <laughs> head, man, and just and just have a blast with it. But you know, it's all about the fun and and just competing, man. Wait, wait, go back a second. You used to call <laughs> Plexico Burris and try to mess with him? Yeah, listen, when we were actually in the Rose Bowl, man, we we got on the phone. We on the phone at the hotel. Uh, we've done that <laughs> at Stanford where we we just find a star, man, the receiver, and, and, and hey, hey, connect me to room, you know, whatever it is, 231. They pick up and we just going in on them. Like that was just the thing, man. <laughs> so I had to mute because I'm laughing so hard. This is amazing. This is amazing. First of all, I never thought to do that. I kind of wish I did. Yeah, I know, right? Like, you, you and Fletch used to do that to people? Man, listen. I got it from him. Like, <laughs> that St. Louis stuff, man. He he was good at that, man. So it was just fun, man. We, we, we had a blast doing it, man. And, you know, when you're playing at a high level at that time, man, we really didn't think anybody, you know, could beat us or be better than us at the time. And that's just, uh, you know, a mentality that you got to have, especially playing DB, man. You know, we're, we're on the island all the time. It, it's kind of true because Drew Brees said you were the, the best dude he's ever played against. Nah, that's that's a lot coming from him. I mean, I guess it helps that I picked him off a few times, but. <laughs> <laughs> but Including in the end zone. Right. You yeah, know, yeah. I mean, hell. Bruce threw it for like maybe 82 times in a game against us, man. If I didn't have my Gatorade in me, I probably would be on the stretcher somewhere. <laughs> like, uh, this, this is like what I remember of, of my time as a, as an 18 year old coming into the locker room and just your swag and like your confidence was, was uh, you were a role model in that way. Like you were a leader, like you said, of just, being that guy who like would talk, I don't, you never said things that were inappropriate or like Pat, like, like too far, but you backed it up. You're like, dude, I'm gonna shut you down today. And it was 
done. You're done. And I just respect that about you. It's it's something like not a lot of people can do in in, in this world. Hey man, I appreciate that. But you know, growing up, I uh, in, in fighting, man, like uh, I never was considered the superstar at any level. There was always somebody that they thought was better than me, you know. And I always had that that chip on my shoulder, and so I always had to compete hard and always try to surpass everybody that they thought was better than me. And so. By the time I got there, you know, it, it was a lot of fighting and clawing to get there. So, you know, I, you just got to back up what you say, you know, and and believe. It's all about believe, as you would see, you know, Coach Prime now believe, right? So that's just how I was, man. I, I just believed in myself, and I had a, a great support team, man. And I just, man, I love to try to rattle somebody's cages. What do you I think? I can literally... I can literally end the podcast here. This is the funniest thing I've heard. I can't stop being, like, giggling to myself that you were calling dudes in the hotel. That is the most ballsy thing I've ever heard. Uh, but, but Matt, please, I'm going to mute so I can laugh a little more. How ridiculously awesome. Well, I was going to go in a little bit more serious direction, and so I'm, I'm still going to go there. I was going to say, though, what do you think – instilled that confidence and that self-belief in you from a young age you talked about having that chip on your shoulder how did you know you could overcome that if you you had to done that for so long like what even just sort of gave you that sort of self-belief well at the end of the day man i in high school um i mean i was probably like a buck 20 soaking wet um you know in sophomore year i got diagnosed with diabetes you know there was a lot of things that transpired during that time that I had to really fight through, you know, and, and to try to get to a goal of one day trying to play in the NFL, man. And I, you know, I've had situations where, you know, coaches just believe somebody was better than me. Right. And so for me as a, just a competitor, you know, my family is very active and competitive, man. You know, my older brother played, you know, football. He was like the guy that I looked at, you know, wanted to be out there and be under the bright lights and plan and, you know, I just took that and, and just continued to to fight all the time. Like, I just never want anybody to be better. I didn't want anybody to be faster. I didn't want anybody to hit harder than me. You know, I, you know, I would, we'd be at practice and, and, and be like, hey, whoever get the most interceptions, it was like 50 cent back then, but you know, hey, back, <laughs> whoever get the most interceptions, man, like, pick or we'll play a dollar or something like that. And, you know, I counted up and go get me or whatever after the end of the practice. But, you know, I was always out there compete. It didn't matter what it was. And, uh, you know, I think that is where I got it from, man. I, I just uh, always wanted to keep that chip and, and keep fighting. So let's talk about a, a young Mike Eccles. What is that kid like? Oh, comedian, fun, athletic, you know, uh, you know, it's a lot different nowadays. Uh, you know, I was always outside. You know, we were always outside playing with the fellas and, and you know, we either playing basketball, playing football in the park and, you know, just outside, man. I, I wasn't stuck in a house, more so my older age, right? Stuck in a house, playing some video games, anything to, to uh, relax. But back then, man, I was just an active kid, man. I, I always wanted to, you know, hang out with people, friends and uh, and just have a good time. And so was it your brother who got you into football? Did he start first and then you're like, oh, I really want to do that too? It, it definitely was my brother. You know, my older brother, you know, he, he went to the same high school I did at Ursuline High School. And uh, obviously my dad, uh, 
he had went to Rand High School and he was a big athlete in Youngstown. And uh, but for me, you know, watching my brother going out there and playing and competing and playoffs and, and I just I just grew in love with it. You know, and I would watch football games and NFL games with him on Sunday and, you know, try to figure it out as a kid who I really liked and who I want. Um, that, that's kind of what really got me started. You know, my dad actually, um, as a kid, forced me to go to football practice. So it was like the Pee Wees. It was my first time playing. So I'm playing at the 120s and I was like 90 pounds, right? I was playing. My first position was BN. <laughs> right. So they just threw me out there. I had no idea what to do. You know, I'm just out there just running around. And, you know, I, I have to, uh, you know, thank my father for that because, you know, I wanted to sit outside and play with my friends. I thought I was going to be the next Michael Jordan at the time, play basketball. <laughs> and he was just like, nah, you're going to go out there. You're going to play some football. And he forced me out there. I damn near went down there crying. You know, and, and, and if you think about it, man, years later, it's just like, man, I'm glad that he, he, he forced me to do that. And, uh, you know, and I guess the rest would be history, I guess. Yeah, because from that point on, he got you. I mean, well, you were in the NFL for a bunch of years, which is amazing. Right? Like that's from a kid <laughs> kicking and screaming, crying to the NFL is uh, is pretty special. Yeah, Burn, that's not easy to do, man. Like, you know, you could give me the, the the statistics on people making it to the NFL, right? So, you know, I, I'm just I just was fortunate enough um, for the things to align right for me to actually reach my dream, you know, and and be a motivation for other people that you know may have a goal, have a dream, and you know, stars aren't isn't too. So when did you realize you were going to be able to play at the collegiate level? I, I felt like, I mean, I had 10 interceptions and I was returning kicks and, and like, I, I felt like that year, like, I, I was like, wow, you know, cause the game slowed down for me. You know, everybody talks about that, but nobody really understands what that means. And I didn't know what it meant either until my senior year in high school, man. Like, it just seemed like everything was in slow motion, man. And I had a goal at the beginning of the year. Me and my uh, good buddy, his name was Sean Penny. He had went to Ohio State. He was our running back there, 2,000-yard rusher at the time. And, you know, for me, he had a goal of breaking the school rushing record. And I told him, I'm going to break the interception record. You know, and then we were just going at it every day uh, with it. And, um, man, when I had 10 interceptions that year and then just – multiple games of three or four interceptions and it just like the game just really has slowed down for me. I said, you know what? I, I got an opportunity. I mean, I may be small as hell and I don't know what they're going to say, <laughs> but you know, I'm going to give it my all. Was it instinct? Was it like just your knowledge of the game? Was it hard work? Like what how did, to pick a ball off? Like, I feel like you just got to be in the right place at the right, but I've never played DB. So what's that like? I mean, and you, you took that into Wisconsin. So I'm going to go with, it's your God-given ability. But what was that like as a, as you say, the game slowed down, did it just become like second nature to just find the ball? You know what? It just, um, you know, from some of it was film study, right? You know, getting the game plan ready and you practice in certain plays over and over. But it's almost like at that time when I was on the field, man, it just seemed you know, what I practiced is what I was seeing. And it was almost like I can anticipate what was going on. Um, plus, I was fast as hell. 
So <laughs> you know, I had that point of time. So it was just like, hey, you know, I, I can take a lot of chances when you can recover like that. And uh, you know, when you're just out there playing, man, it's no thinking, right? And I know you know what that is, right? You know, time you went out there and rushed for yards in the game, like you don't think, right? You just it just opens up and you so I think guys that can can get away from all the thinking and the X's and O's and it becomes second nature to you, like it's just a reaction to think about it. That's when you play your best. No, I totally agree. So so what so who was coming to the door first? Like who was knocking on the door? Was it I mean, you're in Ohio, so is it Ohio State? Is it Miami of Ohio? Like who's knocking on Mike Eccles' door? first and then how on earth did you get from there to wisconsin you want to hear you want to hear a funny story here right so i wasn't very highly recruited right coming out of high school and it just you know the that i got was from somebody from Pitt, right you know they call me and they go you know they go hey you know how's the experience going and you know uh has anybody called and tried to reach out to you yet? And I said, nope, you're the first one. Never heard from him again, right? <laughs> Never heard from him again. And so I'm just like, well, man, you know, and see, it was really by chance that I got to Wisconsin. So, you know, it was a lot of Mac schools, you know, that were reaching out. Um, you know, Ohio University was one that, came to me, you know, they actually offered me to, they was like, you know, we'll let you play both ways. We'll let you play DB and corner, uh, DB and receiver. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Hayes just walked into the school. Right. And he was just like, you know, I just came in cause you know, the school usually has a couple players and so, and he just wanted to watch some tape. And of course I gave him all the best tapes. Right. So he got to, he's like, man, everything I look at, you either picking it off, you either returning a touchdown and, and so forth. And, he was just like, man, we'll, we'll be calling you, right? And I didn't really think anything of it. And, uh, you know, obviously he reached out and was, I guess he took it back to Barry and all those guys. And um, they said, well, hey, we need to get this guy out here. And I, I was actually, I actually made three trips. I went to West Virginia. I went to Ohio University. And I went to Wisconsin. And I was so blown away by the reception that I got at Wisconsin that, uh, man, it was those guys like Sue Campbell and all these guys there. And I was looking, I'm like, man, I'm small, but these guys look small too. I know I could, I probably could compete here, you know? <laughs> so I'm just like, I'm not too small to go here. So, you know, and that was really my, my honest thought process when I went on my recruiting trip. I'm just like, these guys aren't that big in the DB room and I got a shot. And obviously after that, you know, the rest was history. You know, Ohio State told me I was too small to play for them. All right. And so They're lost. Personal. Oh, definitely. Well, it was personal every time. And trust me, I talked a lot of smack in that game. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. We've had dudes on the team from Ohio who've talked a lot of smack during those games. <laughs> you know, it's that's so funny because um and luckily for me, Joe Paterno passed. He's like, he called, my dad called and Joe Paterno was like, now nah, we're, we're not going to go. We don't need him. We're not going to go with him, which literally was like the best thing to ever happen to me. Cause you have, when you have places saying no, that makes you more just mm. uh, hungry. UConn said I would never be a good football player in college. I'm like, 
I was, UConn. Like, I was like, who the hell is UConn? Who's this? I'm like, Dad, call them back and tell them they're crazy. They weren't, even a, know, one, they weren't even a division, like 1A program that, at the yeah, time. They were with the you know what? And that made me so pumped to get to Wisconsin. I mean, I showed up. I was an idiot. You know, I was on the scout team as a like pretty much a jabroni. But um, but Mike, so so it's really those three teams. What what was it about? Like, what did you like about West Virginia? I thought that place was cool when we went there. A little weird in the sticks there, but like this the 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 stadium was awesome. I thought. What was your like? Uh, did you take you took three trips? What were they like? So. Uh, the West Virginia trip, it was a nice trip, man. They got a beautiful stadium. And um, I just didn't feel like they loved me, you know, like like they really wanted me, you know, because the idea was me and, and my buddy, Sean, who, like I said before, was our tailback. We were really trying to go to the same college. That was like our goal. Right. And obviously he went to Ohio State and I went to Wisconsin, but I, I went to uh, West Virginia. I just didn't feel like they really, it was almost, you know, we got you here. We do like you. We got a couple other guys, you know, maybe if it comes through, we'll get you, you know, we had, and I'm just like, eh, you know, I wasn't really feeling it. Ohio university. I have to say was, um, they, they were top notch. I honestly, if I didn't go to Wisconsin, I would have been there. Like they, they really rolled it out. Um, you know, recruiter he was at the high school like almost every week you know um you know as it started going on man I, I started getting a lot of the Mac schools and things like that coming but you know I decided to go down and visit down there in uh, Ohio University and I, I really loved that experience um like I said when when you get the, the you know for me as a kid like I love watching the Rose Bowl I was a Michigan fan at the time. Y'all can edit that. But, <laughs> you know, right. when I was a kid, you know, so. I mean, I usually uh, do have to uh, beep out curse words. So, I mean, you know, that's <laughs> part for the course, right? Yeah, part of it. But, yeah. And so, I, you know, I, I was just like, man, I looked at Wisconsin and they had just came off a bowl. I think they played Utah uh, at the time and they were like kind of up and coming. Right. And I was just like, man, this would be a good to get into the Big Ten, right? And they seem like they're going the right direction. And, you know, my family loved it, which I'm very close with, and I loved it. And like I said, between Coach Hayes and Coach Hayes and those guys, man, they they were second to none in the way that they just really treated you and made you family and made your family feel like they were family. And so, I mean, it, it, when I left there, it was, you know, down there there was no doubt in where i was going everybody else i had to so did you, you took an official visit at wisconsin absolutely. absolutely and who was your host and how fun was that oh my goodness so i had bobby myers and marcus carpenter yeah. wow those two guys because they were roommates man they were hilarious i mean we had a blast man obviously you know everybody goes to the kk when we get there i'm like 18 years old, you know, 17 in the back of the bar with my Letterman jacket on looking goofy. But, yeah. they, you know, they took me around, man. I, I had a, a great time, man. You know, obviously, you get the other side of it once you're there and you got to recruit, right? And so those two guys, man, they, they took care of me for a long time. You know, and Bobby and I went on to the Titans together and, and everything else. But 
Um, I, I love those two guys, man. Like it, those two, <laughs> I mean, they were inseparable at the time too. And they, I mean, we're going to talk about having a great time and just <laughs> enjoying it and getting a, a college atmosphere. But, it, you know, I mean, it was cold. It's probably like negative four degrees out there when I got there. But, you know, we, we had a really good time. And I, uh, those two guys, man, I mean, they were awesome. <laughs> so so what's it like showing – well, what's it like like sitting in Barry's house on that Sunday? You know, you're a little hungover. He, Barry sits you down. He's like, listen, Mike, we want you. You know, it makes you feel really good. Almost makes you feel like you're in the Godfather movie. Like that's how Man. I felt. <laughs> I'm like, you say no here, and you're you're not gonna you're gonna wake up I at mean, the bottom of Mendota. I mean, come on, man, you got Perry in there, man. Got the got the rings, and the trophies, and everything else out there, and it's almost like you know, just take a look around and see what you see, man. You know, yeah. you could be a part of something like this, right? You know, you know, and and it make you feel like, hey, man, we, we can use you here, and you can be something that that bring us over the top. And I, he was just, you know. Barry was just on another level when it comes to coaches, man. I, I honestly, dude, you would run through a brick wall for that guy, you know. And you know, for him just to even take the time to come visit the family in in Youngstown and and show up and and uh, everything that he did and and does is, is always first class, man. And I think that right there. Um, is what really sold me on him. I mean, he just make you feel like you're at home, like you're wanted, like you're valued. You know, as a young man, you know, coming into being an adult, man, you just want something like that. You you want that experience or that feeling that this next venture, this next journey in my life is going to be, it's going to be good. It's going to be okay. You know, I'm going to be taken care of. You know, because, you know, a lot of people being away from home for the first time, being away from your family, the people that called you from, you know, way high to, to where you are now. And it just seemed like it was a seamless transition, you know, Dylan with Barry. So what, like, what made it, him special was, though? Like, so like what, what, like what made him so special in that way? Like what made it so seamless? Like, was there a particular well, aspect about it or? It's, it's just the way that he talks to you. It's the way that he makes you feel, you know, it's the way that he motivates you. Um, like I said, he won my family. He won me over. He won my parents over. You know, your parents got to, you know, I got to let my son go. You know, mom's crying. She's trying to let her son go for the first time. Right. So, (laughs) you know, I don't know who I'm giving my son to. I don't really know you. Right. But when you meet Barry, he makes it seem like y'all have known each other forever. Like he is going to take care of your child Mm -hmm. as if he was your own, his own. Right. And so I think that's the the vibe and the feeling that we all got when it when it came to him. And um, man, I, I'm just man, if I could do it over a million times, I would I would do it the same way. I would for sure do it the same. Way. <laughs> um, I would agree. I think it's, uh, you know, Barry's a special dude. He made you feel like you would be the next, you know, best player on the team. And I don't think it was in like a. a, a in like a BS type of way. He's like, listen, Burn, you know, we could use you. I'm sure he did the same thing. Like, listen, Mike, you're going to get better and better here. You know, who knows where you're going to be, but you could be somebody. Um, I don't think he was saying like, you're going to be the starter here for four years and just dominate the big 10. 
But I'm sure he wouldn't have offered you a scholarship if he was like, man, we're not going to try to get this guy to be there. Um, but man, sitting in Barry's room is a little freaky, though. You know, <laughs> it could be a little intimidating, right? It's a little, intimidating. <laughs> it's a little intimidating for sure. So, Mike, so when 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 did you show up? Do you show up in July? Do you show up like start of the school year? Uh, I showed up in the summer, right? So mm-hmm. it was around July. I mean, I finished off school and, and showed up then, and you know, started up in camp, which was probably my worst experience ever. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny because everyone has that. Of seminary stories. We hear yes. from Mike Eccles. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, everyone, everyone. Okay. Hit us with your, your, your initial, like, Oh my God, I'm at the seminary. Where am I? First of all, when I went to the seminary, it was under construction. So they were doing some renovations. So it was nothing but plastic and crap everywhere. And it just like, man, first of all, I'm out here getting my tail kicked all day, feeling like I'm about to die. And then I got to walk into this place. It looks like I'm out in the backyard alley somewhere about to get burnt. You know, when I walk in there, it's like, it was terrible, dude. Like, man, you know how many people I've seen like on the phone with your little calling card, calling home. I've had so many people like, mom, I I just don't think I'm gonna make it. I I need you to come get me. Like I've seen so many people over there calling home. Like this is not for me. I mean, and it did, it was not the warm and fuzzy that, you know, you guys end up getting when you got there, man. It, it was it was a rough one my first couple of years. The warm, I mean, warm and fuzzy because it wasn't under construction. My last right. year was the first year they moved it from the seminary to like being in the locker room, which I actually hated at that. Listen, when you were a senior, you the lay of the land, you brought a TV, like you had 10 fans, uh, like you knew what was up. Man. But they didn't that tell you awesome. what to bring when you first got there. You showed up, Mike. I don't know how you showed up. I literally nothing my duffel bags that's all i had and the room didn't have ac there was no fans it was the worst place in the world and the second they let you go everyone went to like target or walmart or whatever's around to go buy a box <laughs> fan you know with like the 20 dollars you didn't have to just so you have. <laughs> ain't that the truth show up with some issue shorts and get it in uh. <laughs> um but so but what was what was so that so i was a camp and I don't think people ever understand this. Literally, this is pre-cell phones. So like you showed up to this place that literally felt 40 miles away. And it was 10 miles at most, 12 miles away from downtown Madison. And it felt like you're on an island with only your dudes. So who was there like every day helping you? Who was in the room at this time? Like who are your guys you relied on to like just push you through that? Oh, well, you know, it was like, well, Chris Chambers for one, right? So Chris and I being Ohio guys, you know, we gravitated to each other right away. So he he, he and I were were really close. And so he was part of the crew. Uh, Obviously, you had Jamar. um, Dante King was there at the time. And, uh, you know, Carlos Daniels was another guy at the time that was – really close. He and I uh, were roommates our freshman year as well. So it was the younger guys. And, you know, obviously, Sue Campbell, you know, that guy really took me under the wing when I got there. 
you know, him. And obviously, you know, you got to have your connection with your guys that took you out on recruiting trips. So Bobby and Marcus and, and those guys. Um, but man, I, I, man, I don't care if Jesus was in the room with me that day. <laughs> it was tough. There's <laughs> it, no preparing for that, man. So, I, it just like, really hit, hit me with like, hit me with like one or two, like just good stories from camp. Cause at, at least was it your senior year? Maybe it was my freshman year when they brought the hypnotist. Oh yeah. Dude, <laughs> Jerome Pettis really thought that he was on a, an airplane crashing. And I can't unforget that. Byron Brown thought he was crashing in an airplane. I was like, this is real life. Like I sat in the way back because when you were nobody, you sat in the as far back as possible. Yeah. So Mike, tell me, tell me like one or two or one story of like something you remember just never forget. So I, I was under the hypnotist too as well. And I was naked on the beach <laughs> with my mom walking by. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, (laughs) the quietest kept as the swag that I was in, all of us that was up there, everybody else was hiding herself. I just leaned back with the beat out. Like, I don't even care. (laughs) I'm out here. (laughs) That's just me. You know, what's up, mom? You know, I'm good. Everybody else ducking and hiding under their chairs. And I'm just laying back, you know. Just, just full birthday suit. It didn't matter me any, right? <laughs> they always tried to do something for us that would like get you out of the headspace. Even though at seven thirty or eight o'clock at night, whenever that was, you're like, dude, just let me go to sleep. But Man. they didn't want to. We were. What are you going to do out there? There's nothing to do. Um, but they wanted to keep you. But that was that to me was one of my favorites. And there were some other things that happened, you know, after. But. Moving on though, like so, you redshirted your freshman year. Yeah, what was that experience like? Man, I needed that. I'm not gonna (laughs) lie. We were in practice in camp, and you know, I thought I was fast, right? But I'm out there dealing with Tony Simmons, this track guy, uh, Donald Hayes, who was tall as I don't know what, and I'm looking at Ron Dane's big ass, and. I go up there and try to come up on Ron and it's fa- I couldn't believe how fast he was. I'm like, this guy is moving. It took everything of my power to try to keep up with him and run after him. I'm just like, man, it's a whole nother level. You know, Tony Simmons just running by you full speed. And I'm just like, man, make me up over my head right now. Cause I mean that I'm telling you that first year, it, it, it was a learning curve. Right. Um, and it just, uh, but I think it was the ability for me to try to zone in and, and get it, right? Because everything was so much faster on that level. And I think red shirting was was the best thing for me and able to go and, and um, get into some bold practice after that and just get that extra, what they call like an extra season of practice and you know, hell, I, I, it was uh, something that just kind of let it kind of sink in. And so by that point, you know, I was able to get a little better. Um, but I mean, I, that, was, that was the red shirt. So what scout team memory sticks out to you the most? When you think back on that fall, what do you, what's the first thing that pops in your head when you think of that redshirt freshman season? 
hell, get my head kicked in every day. <laughs> That's what it was. You know, they didn't yell at you too much, right? Because you were the scout team guys. However, what I will say is this. Um, it wasn't always that bad. Like we were out there compete. There was guys like Mike Samuel and those guys that kind of came up to Fletch and I and Dante and they were saying, making statements like, Hey, you know, before when we would do these drills, we could just felt like we could throw it anywhere, you know, but you guys actually make us have to throw it because you're actually on guys, you know? And so for me, that that stuck out a lot to me to hear one of those guys say that um, just about how they felt like the, they seen the change in the secondary and, and how competitive it was becoming um, with guys like us out there. So it wasn't all bad. You know, we were out there learning and um, trying to put your abilities into what's on the field. And uh, I think that was one of the uh, one of the statements that that rung out to me the most about that time. Did that stick with you? Like, cause, cause I remember even dude, like you didn't need to coach me at all. Like you, I, you know, I was a fullback on the scout team, but I remember like running and getting yelled at and hitting dudes and like trying to do something. And then you'd always be like, yo, keep doing it, man. Just keep doing it. And I'm like, man, Mike Eccles knows who I am. I'm like, I don't <laughs> <laughs> this dude's a starter he's a senior like who the hell am i um and i just always thought like that was so just like nice and i think um is that just something you took from those dudes and you're like let me just keep it keep doing it dude that's just my my natural mentality right i always want people to compete get better um you know at that time man I, you know i'd have been through the war i'd have been through it all at that time and you know just to see you out there working hard and, and trying to you know make yourself relevant on a team that has had so much success and and uh you know we had a lot of studs man so you you had to kind of you know put yourself out there a little bit and so the only way you can get seen is put it on tape and so I, I just always wanted you guys to, to try to compete and, and get out there. And I got a story for you guys, and you probably remember this, okay? Owen Daniels. I was about to right? say OD. Yeah. Yep. OD, right? And he <laughs> never let me forget this, okay? I think he. I think so, you, could, you were mad that day. I was like, you were mad. So first of all, let me set the scenario, right? It's a senior year. You know, I'm out there just going through the motions, having a good old time. We're like in the red zone going against the scout. And Owen, Owen was a quarterback at the time. Big sum of it, you know what I mean, <laughs> quarterback. And, like, he he broke out the pocket and was running towards the end zone, right? And I come up, you know, just thinking, like, yeah, I'm going to come up and just kind of thud him up, you know, just uh, this guy. I mean, when I'm talking about he he went into me and took me ass over 10 cup, depleted me. I mean, like, and it was so loud that – on the other end where the offense was was practicing, everybody just looked back like, what in the hell is going on down there? And I mean, I was pissed from there. I could never get my hands on him after that, you know, being a DB at lesson. I mean, it was scouts, NFL scouts there, like all kind of stuff going on. And I'm like, this little dude just can smash me. 
And not little <laughs> though. Like he was like yeah, six, well, he's a big three. Guy. Yeah. He was a big guy. But I mean, come on, man. I, I was out there knocking TJ Duckett off his feet at times. Yeah. Like, you know, like, and but I you know, but I wasn't trying to kill the kid. I was just like going through practice and listen, and they gave were pumping us up to do these things. It's it's not OD's fault, it's it's Coach Palermo's fault, like Spence. And I also I also think after that. After that play, practice was not fun for the scout team. No, like it was no, like, dude, the, <laughs> no one was safe after that. Like there was, oh man, I do remember that because it's hard to forget something. It's hard to forget that one. Hey, and he reminds me every time I see him too. Well, and sure I love does. it though. You know what? I, I, hey, Listen, I you're on the scout career. team. You have one win out of 500 <laughs> plays in a day or 500 plays hey, in a year. You got to celebrate gotta get it. You got to <laughs> celebrate it, man. Then they moved him to tight end where he should have been in the first place, you know. <laughs> and uh, like and then said, he played, he, yeah, ten years or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. So great athlete, man. And <laughs> great I, athlete. I, I love that story. I could never forget that story, man. That that Dude. was one that will, will, will go down with me forever. <laughs> but I promise you, when I see him again, he'll bring it up. <laughs> you know, we all got our we all got our moments. Uh, uh, what what was it like to be on a team during like? Wow, the magic years. Yeah, the Man, 98, 99, was, like Rose Bowl. I mean, I mean like, you're going against Ron Dane, the best old line maybe to ever play, some of the best players to ever play. I know, like, one of the things that, like, when Chris Chambers was on with us, he's saying, like, those teams just, like, there was a competition that the guys brought out of each other that just was different than it had been at other times. And it wasn't really one way, like, one, like, one thing in general, just some sort of competition, like, kind of came out of, of the greatness out of all the players. Was that your experience as well? Oh, absolutely. So it, uh, during that time, man, we were, man, we we had like a top five defense at the time. You know I mean, obviously Ron was doing him and, and you got guys like Chris Chambers. I mean, literally we wouldn't guard anybody else, but like Chris and stuff <laughs> like that. So the mentality was, okay, we would tell them before a game, Y'all done played against the best DBs in the country, right? That that was our mentality to them. So you should go out here and beat the brakes off whoever you're playing because what you do with us in practice, like, you didn't play the best. I used to tell Chris that. I used to tell Lee Evans that. Like, <laughs> I expect you to destroy the other team, man. You're not going to see anything better than what we putting out here, right? <laughs> you know, that's all part of the smack. But, I mean, we were just uh, – the one thing about that team, and I've said this before, is that – those years, the team was really the team. Like, we were so close. And I mean, all around, offense, defense, it didn't matter who it was. Like, we were close. I mean, we would hang out together. We would be together. I think nowadays, man, it, it seems like everybody's got something else going on, right? I, I don't really see a full, like, team like that. It was like a real brotherhood at that time. To where, like, I mean, we would do everything together. And so when you have that kind of confidence and that in the person next to you, because you know, listen, we we didn't been everywhere today, you know, we didn't share the fishbowl at Wanda's together, you know. <laughs> so, you know, when you you're you're in that type of environment, when we're on the field, there's nothing that can happen that I would think that this guy wouldn't have my back, on, you know, or the next guy would be there for me. And I, I had the ultimate trust. And everybody around, and that was including offense, defense. Okay, offense didn't get it. We got it, defense. 
You know, that was just a bit, excuse me, that was just the mentality of those teams. And I think that's why we were so successful, man. Like we really, it, it, it didn't matter what play the coach called. It could be a terrible play, but we believed in it enough that, you know, we'd make it work. And um, I think that is, is why those teams were, were very successful. And uh, uh, we were able to do some things, man. It was a dream, man. Come on, man. I, I dreamed about playing the Rose Bowl and get to play in two back-to-back and win them both. Like, I, you know, as a kid, right. As a kid, you know, I'm going to watch the granddaddy of them all, man. I want to go see here, Keith Jackson and, and see Lynn Swan and these guys coming, Bob Greasy coming. And I had to get to do an interview with those guys, man. And it was just like, man, that thing right there was like, uh, uh, that experience and, and the ability to do that, man. Like, I wish I could give that to somebody else to, so they can have, I wish you gave it to me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, uh, I really do. No, I, I, I think that's the epitome of Big Ten, right? Is to go to the Rose Bowl, and man, what you guys accomplished is it, it will forever be special. Look, no one's ever done it right since. So you got to think like that's how special that team was. So I got, I have more questions. I know we're we're running a little late, but I, we still got you for like fifteen twenty. You got me as long as you need, man. I'm okay, good. cool, I cool, cool. So I've heard stories about some individuals who are absolutely crazy. Do you, who was like some of the most crazy dudes you've ever, you've played with at Wisconsin and you can share stories or you don't have to. I have one that I think is hilarious that Jeff Mack told me, but I'm, I'm interested to hear what, what you have to say. Oh, crazy. First of all, Tom Burke was crazy. Tom Burke was crazy. Tom Burke was a <laughs> maniac out there, man. Like, you, you didn't want to look at him. He was just, <laughs> he, he, he was like that, man. Like, seriously, he he was he was nuts. And boy, he could sack the quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, with him. Uh, let me think about some of these, some of these other guys, man. Man, that's a hard one. Let me give one. you a name. Remember. Roger Knight. Oh, Roger. My, the Jamaican Knight, man. <laughs> hey. Hey, Roger, hey, listen, he was probably the smartest human being alive. He was like an engineer major, yep. you know, playing linebacker, uh, you know, and he had that Jamaican accent. He'd be out there and, he, man, he was, a, he was a tough guy, too, man, out there running around and smacking guys. But he just was, a, he was a little awkward at times, right? You know, when you talk about Roger, man, but, but man, he, he could play it. He, he he definitely could play. Jeff said that he uh, he didn't show up. He was just in the locker room, didn't show up for warm up. And when Jeff was a freshman, um, the I can't forget his name. Uh, Cosgrove was like, "Hey Jeff, can you go see if Roger's going to come practice today?" Went down. Roger came up, like kind of warmed up a little bit, and then in nine on seven had like every tackle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just freakishly gifted, man. Hey, hey, he was just that guy. Like, like, who's gonna really go go say something to Roger? Yeah. You know, big old swole Roger, man. Like, yeah, I don't know what kind of mood he's in today. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm gonna send somebody else to go get him, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and come out there and just dominate practice, take the pads off. I'm going back inside. Somebody give me some badger. <laughs> I feel like you could have done that. I, I man, do feel I had, like you could have done that. Hey, man, I had to stretch out, man. <laughs> So wait, wait, so wait. What, what's it like starting, you know, you're, you're a freshman 
You're going up against some dudes who are in the NFL for years upon years. What's that like, man? Like, what's it like running through the tunnel the first time for Mike Eccles? Man, dude, you know, back then we would go through the tunnel, right? And it it was a little different than they're going through. Now we're going right through the concession stands, right? So folks over there getting their beer, their food, slapping you upside the head with <laughs> pizza and everything else, just getting you right. Man, that feeling, that first time doing that, going up there and hearing all those fans and and getting beat up going through, man. Like, I, I mean, they literally walked you through everybody, right? There was no special tunnel when we coming out. You're, you're with the people, man. And if you can't get riled up for a game, you know, going through that, man, I, I don't know what that, man, that experience walking through there, I wish they didn't change. It. Like, I wish you still got that feeling of walking through, you know, the crowd. Like, I mean, it, it was just like, man, everybody like just they're all hyped up for the game. They all over there. You know, you get you're damn near beat up before you get to the field. Right. So, <laughs> you know, if your heart ain't pumping and you're not ready to go, man, then you're not alive. You know, it's it's funny you mentioned that because it's also you could walk around the bottom of the field at this time. Like you could walk mm-hmm. to get to your seat. And that to me was it like people are literally like 10 feet away from you screaming at you. Um, most of them Wisconsin fans, but if they weren't, you know, it, right. it was a different, like I completely agree with you walking through the concessions was the most excited I've ever been. I think in my entire life to run out, you know, coming down, not up from the mm-hmm. tunnel. Listen, we live in a different age. Um, but, but that dude, you mentioned that that was the coolest. I, you see a Michigan fan while you're playing, you push them down. Like <laughs> hey, I was pushing out people way. out of the way. <laughs> Beat it. <Yeah. laughs> Who's going to get mad at me? I'm going to play a football game. No one's getting mad at me. Um, you're a football, player, like being, you're a football player things at that point. Yeah, like, right? dude, like, and, and also like the cop kind of walked by and he's like, guys, move out of the way. And then everyone will just kind of go back to there. Well, it's like, it's like at that point, like you're the bear. Like you're, 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 you're just the bear who's there for like, you know, like, what, what do they expect when they poke you? Dude, like, I used to walk out as the last person on purpose because yeah. I thought it was so fun. And that's when people started kind of coming back to getting right. on lines. And, and then you're literally like, where, you know, like well, my like first or second time, like, where am I about, going from here? Think about like, it when it's Bernie, when he's, you know, 270 pounds and the neck roll and the just the, not just the eye black, like the black face <laughs> right. of black eye black. Face. Like, it's just, just like, it's not blackface, obviously, but like, you know, when it's just like, you've got the eye black that's just all down like here. And like, what are you? What are you even doing if you're picking on with? If, if you're like trying to like start a fight with that guy, I mean, you <laughs> no had, way, you had way too many sodas. I was I was antagonizing other. Oh, I know, fans. but how do they not? How do, how do they not realize that? Okay, I want to go to a different in stadium tradition, Mike. You were there for the birth of jump around again. What like first hey. of all, did you realize like, in the moment? Ten years? Yeah, I don't you feel like it, right? You were like, like I played every, every, every freaking event I was there for. Yes, you were. So I'm did like, you realize like, in the moment what? that that was going to become like the defining Wisconsin football you know tradition? I, I did not know at the time. I just know we were on the field, right? Um, and was going into the fourth quarter. Like, I mean, I, probably at that time, Breeze probably threw it about 70 times by that time, right? You know, it was That's a big right. game, right? You know, this is our first, you know, Rose Bowl year, right? And so we're just out there competing, man. And and the stadium was packed. It was nighttime. Um, 
you know, we're going against one of the, the one of the most prolific offenses at the time, man. And, and, you know, we're red shirt corners out there and, and, and man, when it, it, it just went to the fourth quarter and, and, and jump around came on and you look up and you see the entire stadium just jumping. Like I, I was, I was beside myself. If, I could, if we couldn't win after that, then we need to just hand in our pads, man, and go home. Like, go all the way back to Ohio, it's over. Because, I mean, the atmosphere after that play that night, man, it was, man, it, it was magical. It, it really was. And, I, man, I, I I couldn't describe it. Like, you would have to be there. If I could bottle that experience up, <laughs> Man, and pop it open every time I'm going to work. Let me pop up the jump around moment. You know what I mean? So I can go in the door, start high-fiving people and getting ready to go. Like, that right there was was an immaculate experience, man. Dude, what? so then as we talk about experiences and that you were there for pretty much all of them, what's it like when Ron Dayton breaks the rushing record with the towels Uh, against Iowa? Like, how awesome is that? God, man, that that was amazing, too. Right. I mean, hey, man, I've been for them all. Right. So we knew it was coming. Right. At some point during that game against Iowa. And, you know, the crazy part about it is as we're coming out, they like, you know, talking to the defense, like, hey, man, don't mess it up for Ron. <laughs> Make sure you got we got to win. You know, you can't break the record and you guys go out there and mess this up. Right. Get out there and make sure we at least win the game while he's doing it. Right. And uh, man, but. That was uh, that was amazing, man. I mean, you see all the towels waving and everybody on the sidelines and beating folks upside the head about it. And uh, I mean, that accomplishment is something that uh, I, I don't even know if Ron coming in would have even dreamt that, you know, he would have broke the NCAA rushing record. Right. And for me just to be around and be part of that experience, man, that's just uh, that was amazing. You know, the one funny thing about that play. Right. He's running the ball. Chris Chambers goes out there to try to block him, get knocked on his butt, right? And we always talk, like, we always find something to joke about, right? So, you know, Chris was our roommate and stuff. He's like, man, look at you on national TV getting pummeled to the ground as Ron breaking the record, right? <laughs> so we would just crack. Hey, hey, there was no chill with us, man. We always found a way to get somebody, man. <laughs> I mean, you guys called Plexico Burris in his hotel room. <laughs> I can't, I still can't get over that. That's going to be my favorite thing to tell people for the rest of my life. But dude, Mike, you like when we go over these things and like new things pop in my head that I literally watched on TV, you had a front row to all of this. I mean, that is so cool. And then, so obviously your career is uh, phenomenal. Um, I have to tell the story, Mike, because that was my favorite thing I've ever seen. I walk in. It's like September. We got our schedules up on our lockers. They used to tape your schedules up on your locker, so you couldn't literally not say you didn't have it. Your class schedule. Your class schedule. Your class schedule. Right. So you know, right. it had the boxes with all the times and the days. <laughs> it was a grid. So you you had your class history one hundred and one at nine thirty, whatever. And I'm like, and, you, and <laughs> I look at Mike's. I was by Mike's locker. I'm like, this is an interesting one. Maybe they made a mistake. I'm like, Mike, what happened? Like. This doesn't look right. Mike had nothing in any box. He literally had no clue. I was like, what's going on? He's like, man, one day if you're a fifth year senior, you'll figure it out. And I was like, <laughs> this guy, this guy's a genius. And uh, Mike had two independent studies 
and no class, um, which I was thought was, I was like, man, I got to aspire to be Mike Eccles. Like literally every day is, is a free day. until you have to go to the stadium workout. And I couldn't do it. That stuck with me, Mike, for like what, 22 <laughs> years. <laughs> Oh, hell, I hope you learned something from that. I hope you, yeah. your I schedule I took, was... I took a bunch of independent studies. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I, hey, I played that out just perfect. Because literally, um, I could have graduated in like four and a half, right? Mm-hmm. So by the time it was t- t- time to go into that fifth year, the registry year, I didn't have... I took the independent study without really even needing the class, right? But you had so, to take some credit. You could I just had to do take nothing. something, right? I yeah. couldn't just... <laughs> So I'm just like, you know, I'll read something, write a paper and sit up and sit in the room all day. You know, and by that time, you know, I didn't have those 6 a.m. workouts anymore, you know, like you guys. So I, the developmental man, I, workout. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Man. <laughs> I should right for practice. What's what's it like to be the senior person in the in the in the meeting room to watch these young dudes who are my, you know, came in with me. And to see their success and like, what did you see it? Did you see Sparky and Brett Bell and Rob Brooks as young dude? I mean, they all started. What was it like to to be in there? Like, you are a fifth year dude with all pretty. I mean, BJ Tucker was there, some other guys, ILO. But what's it like to be in that room with like these young dudes who like really are the next Mike Eccles, Fletch, like are the next dudes? So, you know what, it, it was, uh, it, it's tough, right? Because as a, a senior who, um, you know, you kind of been around everybody that was kind of your age and you kind of built it together and you had these experiences. And now as a senior, it's nothing but freshmen there, right? All young guys who were like wet behind the ears, like when I came in, you know, for me, it was just trying to motivate them and give them everything that I had. Right. Give them all the techniques, give them anything that they could do. You know, Jim Leonard was well, a corner at the time. Yeah. Jimmy came in and I had to take him under the wing. God, is, yeah. I'm glad he didn't stay at corner. But, <laughs> you know, these guys and Sparky was on the field with me. And, uh, you know, just to continue to keep these guys motivated. You know, I was the old guy, man. I felt like if you guys ever seen the movie Higher Learnings felt like I've been there forever. Right. But, you know, I would I would take Sparky and those guys and, 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 you know, all of us would still hang out. Right. I would try to be around for all of them. It didn't matter if it was them or Calvin or any of these linemen and guys like that. I, I was, you know, trying to be involved and um, helping mold those guys. Right. And I, I knew Sparky was, was going to be good. Right. I mean, he worked hard. I mean, he's another St. Louis guy, you know, and. um you know, and he 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 worked hard. You know, he worked really hard. All those guys did, man. And um, that's the only thing that I I could do for them is try to give them a little bit of what I got, kind of show them how I prepare and what I did and what I you know constantly do every week um, to try to get better. And uh, you know, it, it was tough, you know, because we we were so so green at that time. But um, you know, it worked out for a lot of those guys. There are a couple of dudes. You saw Carly's Clark, BJ. Who else? Who else was in that room at that time? ILO, Man. but Simmons, but he was younger. Simmons was younger. Uh, Man, I'm trying to. My guy. First off, 
What's it like to have the coolest senior poster ever? Oh, never, ever will it go. It can never get better. And they don't even do them anymore. If they do, it's that's the coolest poster to ever. I have one signed by everyone. So like (laughs) it's somewhere in my house rolled up and I'm like, dude, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I know. Right. The great, great iron gladiators. Right. Yeah, that was that was awesome senior poster, man. Because you know we used to look at them, man. I used to look at everybody's and seeing like suits and all of them with the hard hats and the hammers and like you know all those different ones they had. And when they put that together, we you know they took us over to some sort of barn or whatever it was, <laughs> bunch of cows and crap over everywhere. And it was just like you know we gonna take the shot here, right? You know everybody try to do a couple push ups, you know try to try to get the muscles right. You know, before you get out there, so I could actually look like a gladiator. But that uh, man, that that poster, I still have it too. I got it signed by everyone as well. Listen, I have my poster too, but they kind of gave up on these like cool themes, and then we were just—I was taking a knee actually next to Brett Bell on the W, which is kind of cool, mm. but not even remotely close to you guys. But that's yeah. the like that's the I'm like Wendell Bryant, but who else was there? Like there were other guys like Nick Rison. Was yeah. it Bryson Thompson? But that defense was yeah, solid. Yeah. Yeah. We had some guys, man. Herbs. Just, Herbs was there. Nick. Man, you know a funny story about that. So our, our second Rose Bowl, right? So, like, all of our starting linebackers went out. Like, Donnell Taylor, Guido, like, everybody's out. And me, Fletch, we look up and we see Herb and Nick Grayson out there, right? We, like... Man, what are we going to do here? Like, these guys were green as they come out here by the end of that game. I was like, I, I was surprised that we actually put it together. I'm like, man, I, I, <laughs> we were just like, I just don't know what we're going to do. But those guys, man, they ended up being really good athletes and good players, man, obviously. But, um, yeah, I mean, so we we did have – I had a, a good guys in our class – Obviously, you know, Brooks was there, Bollinger was still there. And um, you know, the era the Sorgi was about to begin and all that stuff. Dude, you, now that I think about it, I also think like your senior year, that team had some of the most wacky dudes I've ever met. <laughs> like Delante McGrew, who was like, I loved him, but what is an individual? Man. Uh, was it Stefan Watson? Stefan, yeah. I mean, just like, just not wacky in like a bad way, just different guys. They definitely were. You know, Stefan's another, I mean, uh, Delonte's another Ohio guy. So, you know, he was part of my whole traveling party. We used to drive back home and, and so forth. But Delonte was so slick, man. He could sell water to a whale, man. He, he just, <laughs> man, I'm telling you, man. I've watched this guy finesse his way out of so many things in his life, man. He, Hey, that was my guy, man. He was one roommate too, as well. But I'm telling you, man, he, he can he can go to a well and be like, "You're sitting in the ocean, but I can sell you this water right here. It's gonna be better than what you're laying in." I need the money. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, kick it out. Give it here. Takes a little yeah. blubber too. Because 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 I sat in that corner with you guys, so it was an interesting corner. So mm-hmm. I have to ask you then, because because another guy who smoked who, who who's talked a lot of good stuff, Antosh. <laughs> as even as, even as a young dude talked a lot and you guys he were did. right next to each other 
a couple away. Pretty close. Yeah, we were pretty yeah. close. You know, my locker's been been there for a while, man. It probably the door probably squeaked as you guys opened it up. It's been there for so long, right? But yeah, Anton was was a, Anton was another guy, man. But man, when you talk about these guys, man, and, and they were younger, man. Those guys were some athletes, man. They they really were, man. When you, though I, the careers that those guys had and and what they were able to accomplish, man. I I, I love the fact that. I, you know, I was the the senior guy. I was the, the Gandalf, you know, <laughs> with with the long beard to try to, you know, help these guys to to become a, you know, give them a little guidance and stuff. But those guys, man, they yeah, they I, 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 as as an old guy, man, I had to keep witty about it, talking some mess with these young guys that's coming in here with the quick t- the quick comebacks, man. So <laughs> <laughs> like Taz, all those dudes, Taz, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're funny guys, man. They funny funny, but you had to be. You had to be if you were going to be around us, right? Because that, that's just what we were, right? I think there's no better row than that row uh, in the locker. It's yeah. pretty much that, the, the – everything crazy happened in that one row. And I just sat there one. every day and watched you and everyone else just have a field day. And then that's what I grew up after that. I was like mm-hmm. – Man, football's fun. You got to get through the first year, right? You really got to get through camp and the first couple games to be like in the in the swing as a freshman. You know, it's crazy for like Sparky and those dudes who played. You're not, you don't get in that. I feel like you have to get to the off season to get in that. For me, I'm like, man, I got no worries today. I just got to catch some footballs before the game, and after that, I just stand there. And like watch these dudes play and cheer and you know wave the towel and do all your responsibilities. But I'm like, man, this is a great learning environment for me. <laughs> and then to watch guys and then to you know say, like, hey, it's not good enough. You know, like you redshirted, that's your year, but now you got to do something. You know, Chad Coons is gone. Like it's it's you, dude. If you don't, you know, like uh, Russ was there, but it's like it's you two. Mm-hmm. One of you guys gotta step up, or both of you. So I I I uh yeah, that's time. You bring me back, Mike. <laughs> you bring me back. But you saw some things in the stadium that, that might never – I mean, with Coach Fick, I would love to actually get your opinion on what's going on. But, dude, what you saw at the stadium, that tradition and that culture is going to be completely different. And what you saw will – do you think you'll ever see a Ron Dane back at UW or someone to that caliber? You know I- – I wouldn't say never, because I mean we've had a man. You want to talk about running back? You, yeah. Like, I mean, you got guys like Melvin Gordon. I mean, honestly, he could have pretty much broke a lot of those records. I mean, he was he was amazing. I mean, I mean there's so many running backs, and somehow Wisconsin knows how to find them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I, I would say that you know, obviously Ron is my guy, man. Like, he was in that same locker alleyway with us, right? Yeah. And. uh you know, for what he was able to do uh, with his size, his ability, um, you know, who knows if we'll ever see anybody like that. But uh, the way these kids are being bred now, and there's no telling what's the next guy going to be like. Very true. So what's your take on on everything that's happened? I mean, you don't have to get into this if you don't want to, but what's your take on like what you're seeing now? I mean, craziness. And you know what? It, it is. It is. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know how I feel about Jim. Right. And so um, 
you know, when when they let Paul Chris go, which is something that I, I don't think I've ever seen us do in the middle of a season at, at Wisconsin is to let a coach go in the midseason. But uh, obviously, you know, I played with Mac, too, and I, and I really I really appreciate what Mac is trying to do and, and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, all this stuff. And I've got a lot of faith in him as well. But, um, you know, I, I hit Jim up a few times uh, throughout the season and stuff, just kind of keep giving him some encouragement and stuff like that. And I, I was literally shocked once I saw, um, you know, that Fickle had got hired. Um, you already know I don't like Ohio State guys anyway, but, <laughs> uh, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I really felt for Jim you know, at the end of the day, but I, 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 it's hard for you to, um, to look past what Mac is trying to do. I honestly believe that we do need a change. Uh, I think, uh, you know, we're getting kind of stale. Um, and I think somebody like fickle with a different mentality and, uh, uh, I mean, he's a great coach, you know, obviously he's a big 10 guy. Um, I'm just excited to see, um, you know, what he does uh, with the staff that he's bringing in. I, I'm really excited about that. I think that, you know, we needed to expand that offense more, right? It just, uh, in the new age of way this game is going, you got to be able to pass the ball at some sort of efficiency. Um, you know, we're coming from the era where you ground and pound till there's nothing left. However, we were still able to, you know, convert those third downs. We're still able to complete the passes that you needed to continue to move the ball, you know, especially when you've got a defense that is ranked in the top 10 and, you know, every year and guys making plays, and you know, those guys get tired being on the field, man. So, you know, you got to do some things to keep those guys fresh and, and, and continue to moving. But I am excited about the, um, the future of the program. Um, you know, I'm always going to believe you're it. Um, but I, I, I really, uh, for me, I haven't been able to reach out to Jim since because I really just didn't know what to say because I, I really am, you know, feeling for him. Um, but a guy like that uh, with his uh, his abilities and he's going to land somewhere and uh, he, he's going to be good. I mean, obviously, you always wish that, you know, you know, a Wisconsin guy that, that up through there and came back that, you know, he would get that opportunity. But. You know, just like me, you know, it's that chip, right? Put it on that shoulder. Somebody believe that you're not good enough, you know, to have it. I'm going to use that as my fuel. Mm-hmm. And a guy like Jim, I, I promise you, you know, we're going to be seeing him and he's going to get a head coaching job somewhere. And, and uh, I know he's going to use that uh, to move on. I think a lot of guys who've played with him or been coached by him are the same. We all have the same feelings. We, we wanted Jimmy where, you know, everything kind of pointed in that direction. It didn't happen. Taking like that and then kind of somehow splitting that to the new age, I think Max had a plan in his head and he enacted on it. And to be honest, with Fickle coming in and what he's done already has changed. Listen, it should be changing everybody's mind. It's changed mine. Not saying Jimmy couldn't do this. That's um that that is it just we didn't you know we don't know because he didn't have the opportunity but dude this guy already got three quarterbacks to come uh-huh. that's that never happened like I'm not I'm not seeing the excitement on social media that I that I do now for the past five years uh-huh. we got 
four, three, Matt Perkins, three, like legit QBs coming in in the next couple of years. We gave an eighth grader, a, a we offered an eighth grader a scholarship. Like we haven't done these things. Like we haven't been this aggressive. Dude, they're getting dudes for in the DB play, the DBs to uh, who are going to be hopefully spectacular. You know, how it's hard to not be like super pumped because now, listen, as much as we don't like Michigan, Ohio State, they are the, what is it? They're, they're the, the measuring stick at this point. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and that was always the measuring stick, right? Um, when we came in, it was, you know, you got to compete with Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan, right? Yep. If you want to be considered elite in the Big Ten, those are the programs that you have to be and you have to compete with. And, you know, that's that was our mentality, you know, going in. And so if those guys are going to advance and, and – you know, start playing in the playoffs and all these different things, then we have to do some things different, you know, because we have to compete at mm-hmm. that level. Um, and I think with, you know, Coach Fickle and, and, and the staff that he's brought in, all of those guys have had that experience. You know, they just get Mike Trestle as the D coordinator. And, you know, he's a Big Ten guy. You know, he was at Ohio State as a GA and uh, was able to, go in their championship, you know, D'Antonio guy in Michigan State. Um, and then he was with Coach uh, Fickle at Cincinnati. And I think, um, you know, if you, if you don't have a Jim Leonard, right, I think Coach is happy with having somebody that, you know, he's been with and can trust. And, you know, because Coach Fickle's a defensive guy himself, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you got to get somebody in there that knows what you're looking for and what you want and, and, and get your comfort level and, um and I, I just think with the offense, I mean, when you get a, a coordinator like that out of North Carolina, I mean, you know, we're expecting a lot of big things, you know, as far as what they're able to do and um, being able to throw that ball and do some things. And that that's an easy sell for a quarterback, right? Come over here, be a part of this, man. Hey, we got you to coordinate. He's going to let you shine, you know. And most mm-hmm. of the time when you go to Wisconsin, you're thinking, hey, I got to hand this off, hand this off, play action, you know, but – you know, with them coming out and, and giving you some um, some different avenues on different things, I think that was uh, – y- you can't ask for anything more. I'm just really about the future of Wisconsin mm-hmm. football, man. Like, I, it hurts me every time I see them lose or every time we, we get to a Rose Bowl, we can't win it. Honestly, I think our offense hasn't really been um, at a high power level since Paul Chris was actually the coordinator, you know, and we had – you know, Russell out there and, and uh, you know, it's and, not fair to have Russell man. though. And, right. I mean, you know, it's really hard when you have Russell and Monty and James White. Right. And, yeah. like that offense, an offensive line. That's, uh, you know, almost all of them play in the NFL. NFL players on the offensive line. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's tough, but, but you're right. I think the offense has always underperformed. Even listen, you, you have a guy like Ron Dane and Chris Chambers and Brooks, and the O-line they had, like, you know, you, you kind of, you're going to win games. Like, you're, you and Michael Bennett, like, you're going to win games. Since then, we've always had the running backs. We, we've had great wide receivers, but our offense has not been schemed to take advantage. You know, when we had Lee, you, you could throw him the ball and he'd catch it no matter what. Not saying we didn't do that, but we were a run-first team, downhill run. Um, I'm super pumped for what this could be. I still think we're going to run the ball. I, I still think Malusi and Brown Allen are going to be awesome. 
But I think we have other guys who should touch the football and they're going to touch it more. And that's what I think is going to be special. And dude, a quarterback that can throw and run in college is a, it's a good, it's makes me very excited. Also <laughs> the guy from Texas, like six, six, how do you even play a quarterback who's six? It's like, that's bananas. <laughs> and he's physical. Like, man, Fickle's in my mind just winning the one, the PR battle, and then two, getting dudes. And that's what we kind of have lacked, I think, in the last. We're not getting, you know, the Mike Eccles of the world. And I still think it's important that we get dudes like you who, well, let's take a chance, but we see something. And I don't, I think, I don't know, Fickle at all really but i think he could do that look he got sauce gardner like he's he's done things so dude it's a good day it's a good day to be a badger listen i am hurt for jimmy and his family but i'm still excited about you know like where the program's going and these are all decisions that are literally not in my hands um but i am you know excited that mac is making some of these things and has to kind of take this on his back and i think it's going to pay off yeah, I think so too, man. You know, obviously Mac, he's got to make it his own, right? You know, you had Barry as the AD for so long, and now Mac is taking over, and you know he felt like he needed to shake it up a bit. And I, I got to commend him for making that change and, and doing it because it's not the popular, you know, pick at the time. It's not the the normal Wisconsin way, right? Um, but I, I think in his vision, and I, I don't I haven't spoke to him, but you know. For me, just on the outside looking in, it just felt like, you know, we need to make a splash, man. We need to be able to compete with these teams that, you know, are, are challenging Big Ten championships, that are challenging, um, you know, the opportunities to win national championships. And uh, I think, you know, Coach Fickle will give us that opportunity. Obviously, you know, only time would tell, but it looks like the things he's doing right now and the people he's putting in place is making it exciting to want to come to Wisconsin and play, uh, especially when you know that you've got an opportunity, especially offensively, right? You got the opportunity where whether I'm a receiver, running back, or whatever, I got a chance to get the ball in my hands, man, to be explosive. And I, that's what I'm expecting. I want to see an explosive offense, man, and to yeah. go along with a good D. Yeah, yeah. So, wait, Mike, let's pivot for one second. We have a two more minutes because I got to go to sleep. What <laughs> What was it like your transition into the NFL – and then and Matt always has like a round robin quick hit uh, questions about some of the dudes you played with. But but what was it like your transition in there? What's it like to be on the main stage? You said that from a young kid, like that was your goal. What's it like to just be there? Man, it, it's uh, it, it was a dream come true, man. Uh, you know, just to, as a kid, you know, I'm watching guys like Jerry Rice and that was my idol growing up. And I wanted to be a receiver, obviously turned out to be a DB, but, you know, and to actually be in a game and, and get to cover him, like, you know, you got a guy that's on your wall, right? <laughs> you know, Jerry and I got the same birthday. You know, this was just like my idol, right? I got a picture of him on my wall and I, I wanted to be him. And I'm out there and I'm on the field and I'm covering him, <laughs> you know, and he's right across from me. And it took me a second to be like, man, like this, this is Jerry, you know, later year, Jerry, but like, if he only knew like what I felt about him, you know, and that's when it really stuck to me and it really sunk in. Like, you know what, Mike, you made it, you know, you actually have uh, achieved your goal and your dream and 
um, you know, from this point on, it doesn't matter what happens, you know, from this point on, you know, you, you've, you've set out a goal and you accomplished that. Um, and uh, that, that experience, man, is, is second to none, man. <laughs> Dude, that is so cool. I think that is, I think that is the perfect place to wrap it up here. Today. I think it is too. Yeah, we're, we're, we're awesome, going to, Mike, we cannot thank you enough. We're just going to bring you back, though, because we have a lot more questions for you. And I know that you have a lot more stories as well. So um, we will definitely be uh, having you back again, hopefully very soon here on the show. But uh really want to thank you again for uh, just taking the time to share your, you know, share your story with us and, you know, the rest of the Badger fans listening and watching. And uh, again, um, we, we really appreciate it. So thanks for uh, taking the time. Hey, thank you guys, man. Hey, anytime, man. I already told Bernie, man. Hey, get me on there, man. I'll come hang out with you guys anytime. Like, I really love what you guys are doing. I think it's it's a really good thing, and uh, um, I hope it really takes off as it should. Because you guys are, you know, you're very knowledgeable about the game and what you guys are talking about, and you're getting some really good guys on here uh, to speak some good old football and just life. And uh, I just commend you guys for that, and, and that's why I really wanted to be a part of it. Um, uh, cause I, I just love watching it. I'm looking at the snippets all the time and, <laughs> and I just think you guys are doing a really good job. So trust me, just send me a text and I'm there. Like you're, you're a good dude, man. You've always been a good dude, which I appreciate. It, it's fun to come into a locker room with, a, if there were more Mike Eccles in the world, I think we'd be a better place. <laughs> a lot of smack talking, but uh, you back it up. It, it all works. But Mike, your, your swag, like your enthusiasm for a Badger. I haven't, I didn't see you for what, like a decade almost. And the first thing I, you know, like it's just big hugs, like how are you doing? And I appreciate that. That to me is more important than the game. Um, and you know, the second you text me, I'm like, oh, Mike Eccles, what do I get? What do he say? And then uh, you're like, you're coming on. I'm like, dude, you're in, man. Like, you are the exact person. And also, I appreciate what you're saying because nobody knows. Like, listen, everyone knows Mike Eccles, the guy in the jersey and the helmet. And that's really it. No one knows Mike Eccles. Like, what did he do? He graduated. Wow. He, t- he like, didn't. He could have graduated early. Like, nobody knows these stories. How did you get to Wisconsin? Who were you before? Like, who was I think your that's favorite important. receiver to prank call the night before the game? I Dude. Mean, like... <laughs> um, probably the best thing the show will ever have. Oh, no. Is oh, that... That, that is a good story. But I mean, I, I think I think Mike would encourage us to always keep growing. We're going to keep growing, but I don't know if we can grow. That. That, 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 maybe, we, maybe if we got plaques go on to talk about it with you, that would be something. That would be something. But uh, if I ever see that dude anywhere, I'll just be like, hey, I heard Mike Eccles called you before the Rose <laughs> Flex probably can't even remember us at this point in time, all the things he's Dude, going on. But it, that that's just the things we used to do, man. Flex, coolest thing man. I've ever heard. That is one of the coolest things I've ever heard. Mike, you are the best, man. Thank you so much for this. <laughs> so hey, cool. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you guys of course, for having Thank me. you so much. Thank you. And uh, until next time, you've been listening to the Believe in Badger Football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. <laughs> until next time, on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.